Welcome to Innovation Minutes Live, where we discuss all things disruption and innovation at the cross-section of technology and culture. Your co-hosts are Daniel Gonzalez and Anna Akbari, PhD. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? How are things I'm... in sunny Southern California, maybe? It's, it. you know, it's funny. I moved to LA from San Francisco and... I thought the weather was going to be better and somehow it seems identical because as long as you're on the water on the west side in LA, it's like identical to parts of San Francisco, but that's okay. I still can't complain. It's still a lovely place to live. And we are talking about a guy that I think needs no introduction, Mr. Jeff Bezos today of Amazon. He's, he's He not only makes the headlines through the Washington Post. He mm. is also a member of almost every tech headline you read these days. Yes, he is. And you may wonder, why are we talking about Jeff Bezos? Why is that an interesting topic? How can we fill an entire podcast with just <laughs> Jeff Bezos? But what's interesting about him is that, you know, you have, you have your Elon Musks of the world, who seem to have their fingers in, in so many things, but you kind of see how all of that immediately somewhat relates to each other, or at least is all in the same general space, maybe tech at large. Whereas Bezos is fascinating because now he not only is the founder of Amazon, but he now acquired Whole Foods. He owns the Washington Post uh, he's teamed up with Berkshire Hathaway to launch a healthcare company. He's acquired a home security company. He's rumored yeah, to be building a bank. <laughs> um, have we ever seen someone with quite the breadth of appetite for business and entrepreneurship? Um, I don't know the answer to that, but it definitely feels like, and granted, I, I was not even alive when when the original industrialists kind of came mm -hmm. about, but it, it, it absolutely feels like I would imagine, you know, the, the Rockefellers and these, these mm -hmm. people who created these very large um, omnipresent empires. So people like Musk and Carnegie, like those, mm -hmm. Carnegie, exactly. And that's, that's very much what it feels like because, you know, Amazon started with a very small idea, but paid attention early on to well, kind of two things, you know, pouring all of their profit, directly back into the company. So not turning an actual profit on their books for years and years and years. And I still, I think what, maybe last year was the first year they ever actually turned a profit on paper huh. or the year before. And, you know, so that, that was one thing. And then the second was really paying attention and being aware of the infrastructure they were building to support that original book business, which has now you know, they, aside from all of the things that, that you just listed, yeah. they, they also power a I, I don't know what the number is, but a majority of the sites on the internet through their web hosting. Yep. When, when Amazon Web Services goes down, I would say a good 40% of the internet also goes down. And then not, not to mention also the ones that they've acquired. Shop, right. Bop, IMDB, Zappos is part of, uh, is part of Amazon, is it not? Um, I'm not sure about Zappos, but I Are definitely Twitch, which is the huge... Um, gaming. Goodreads. Yep, Goodreads. So, so there's the there are the other sites, and then there's the there's the content creation as well. Mm -hmm. So the original, you know, TV series, the original movies. Yeah, Prime um, Video and everything under that umbrella. 
Yeah. And now we're starting to see some hybridization, uh, some cross-pollination between some of these ventures. So for instance, now that Whole Foods is wholly a, an, an Amazon Jeff Bezos venture, we're starting to see integration of Prime, Amazon Prime, into the Whole Foods shopping experience. And you're starting to see Whole Foods integrated into the Amazon shopping experience. And so, you know, pretty soon you, you, you have to wonder what that Amazon Prime membership is, is going to be good for in the future. Everything, you know, can I, because I, you know, I've heard, let's compare it to Costco, for instance. Yeah. Someone recently told me that you can buy a car using your Costco membership. Have you heard yeah, about this? You can, you can buy solar panels. You can buy an entire car. There's, there's yeah. not a lot that you can't buy. Now, you can only buy typically one or two brands of, of right. a certain thing just because of, of the way they have their supply chain set up. But yes, that, that is possible. And the other thing is, is as a Costco member, um, they have, they have a tier of membership called the executive member, which you pay a little bit more for this different card, but what it does is it pays you 2% back of whatever you purchase on it. So it's actually a really cool life hack because if you have a company or even if you work for a company and just let your employer know, you'll just use your Costco card. Every, every purchase you make gets nets oh, yeah. your money back. So it's, it's not like a credit card. I, I guess it kind of is like a reward credit card. But you literally, they send you a check at the end of the year. Yeah. And so you, I, it, it appears that Prime, which previously used to just get you free shipping, mm -hmm. will now also be extended to all of these other aspects of your life. Uh, and so you have to wonder, you know, what's the end game for Bezos? Yeah. Where <laughs> just is world this domination. going? Right. There's something else there. Um, and how do we feel about it as consumers? I mean, do we like the fact that so on the pro side, there's convenience and ease and, and savings. On the flip side, there's the question of competition. And is there value in there being a space for uh, smaller companies to make a name for themselves and be dominant in, in some of these many spaces that he's playing in. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's interesting because, you know, one of the things that Amazon did do early on was they, they opened their book marketplace to third parties and they provided a layer of services for third parties. So if you are, you know, if you're obscure independent bookshop in, you know, Northern New York or something and you don't get the foot traffic that you would normally get in a, in a larger metropolitan area, you can sell your wares through Amazon. Now, I don't know what that business model looks like. I'm assuming it's something like, like the app store where Amazon takes some significant cut and, and you're left with, with a piece of that. But it's also, it's a platform for you to build a business on in addition to, to Amazon just kind of dominating, right? So the big headlines that we always see or that we see more and more often with, with a populist in office is that Amazon is coming to destroy local retailers, right? And I don't think they're necessarily coming to destroy local retailers. I think they're coming to destroy local Walmarts um, yeah. and, and other big entrenched retail players. But in terms of local merchants, I don't know. I think that remains to be seen. No, that's a good point. And it's, it's, it's one that does not extend to a lot of other conglomerates. And that is 
the way that Amazon simultaneously dominates as a corporation while, while also providing the space for small entrepreneurs uh, to be profitable on yeah. their platform. Yeah. Um, I can't tell you how many people I even personally know who have launched Amazon stores. Um, and there's a, there's a whole sub uh, business where people will teach you how to create Amazon stores Correct. and yep. charge you like four or $5,000 to take their course to learn how to do that because, and the reason they can, they can charge that much is because it really can be that profitable if you follow the formula. Mm -hmm. for yeah. It. And, and not even um, that, but yeah, you know, they're, they're affiliate programs. And, and I know that's kind yeah. of a part of the stores, but you know, there have been many, many internet millionaires made, um, just based on, yes. on those business ideas. And Amazon really is, I'm trying to think if there is a correlate to that. I can't think of, of another one other than, you know, something like an eBay, of yeah, course. Maybe, an, uh, eBay, maybe cool. an Etsy to a much lesser degree. Yeah. Um, but eBay, you know, if, if you compare the two and, and you go dive down into that rabbit hole and, and the people who, who kind of preach this stuff, um, you see pretty quickly that that Amazon is is definitely the more reliable stream of income, and it's it's set up better than than say something like eBay. I always, when I think of Amazon uh, and 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 what where they started and what they do now, I I think of how there is a certain genre of person that likes to tell either startups of individual or individuals to do what they do well and to just stick to that and to stop trying to be everything. Yeah. And yeah. if there's one person who has sort of <laughs> given the finger to that uh, mindset, I would say it's Jeff Bezos, you know, and I don't know if he alone is an argument against that, but he certainly, he certainly does test that kind of trite uh, way of thinking. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's definitely a, a valid viewpoint. I would also, I would argue though, that you know, a lot of times when what we see in startups is when a company goes to pursue a specific business idea and they go out to their users and they test in market, they often find those unique observations that help them pivot, right? You know, we call this the startup mm -hmm. pivot. It's like you go to sell something and then you realize, hey, people don't really want the thing that I'm trying to sell, but the way that I was selling it is actually new and novel and something people are interested in. So it's, it's that pivot. And I think if you look at something like Amazon Web Services, that's very much in line with, with startup pivot ethos, right? They, they, they built this giant you know, conglomerate data warehouse to power everything that Amazon does. And then they realized, hey, in general, web hosting sucks and it's hard for users and it's expensive. Why don't we just expose our entire infrastructure to the world and let people, you know, spin up a virtual server for next to nothing for pennies and mm -hmm. launch their business on it. So it's, it's, it's an interesting dichotomy, I think, in lack of focus, but also in, in just pure entrepreneurial spirit. Right. It, that, that's always the question. Is it a lack of focus or, or is it, is, is it having not only a, a huge appetite, but seeing the interconnectedness between all of these things and mm -hmm. how one can be in service to the other or how lessons learned in X can make you stronger building Y. I'm curious if you were to predict, well, we could look at it two different ways, either five to 10 years, let's say 10 years out, where do you see Amazon? But also, what what is like the most seemingly far-reaching 
area that you think Bezos might dip his paw in? Like, what would like, what might I feel seem... like we need a, a segment break here where we have somebody announcing <laughs> like a, a future challenge or predictions. Our our soon to be sponsors will step in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Brought to you by Kraft Mac and Cheese. Um, <laughs> We're sponsored by Amazon. <laughs> right, right, yeah. That, that's our future. Um, I don't know. It's it's so hard to tell because they are spidering out into so many different areas now. Um, you know, the the big thing that I think, and and this is this is kind of in the headlines, and it's not Amazon specific, is um, is all the data they're collecting with, um, mm-hmm. with Alexa, and you know this this crosses over into what Google's doing, what Facebook is doing, what Apple's doing to a kind of a smaller extent. And, you know, all of the intelligence they're gaining from this and the ultimate AI that it will inform, right? Because that's why they're all doing this is to, is to mm-hmm. create artificial intelligence. Now, I think the bigger question is, what are they going to use that for? Um, is, is that meant to just sell people more things? Is it partially for be, sure? Right. Is it going to be used for some sort of social good or other nefarious purpose that that we haven't thought about? Right. Um, I I don't see Bezos necessarily as as Doctor Evil, but yeah. you know if Bezos gets hit by a bus and somebody who is more inclined to be Doctor Evil takes over and they're in right. charge of this this AI that's been listening to all of us for ten years, then that's different. Yeah, the other thing to say about him, I guess, is that, you know, you see you see other entrepreneurs who will start, say, multiple companies, but his angle has not been to sort of leave or split his time with Amazon and somewhere else. Like he kind of used, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's not taking the Elon Musk model. He's saying, I'm going to expand Amazon because it can be inclusive of all these things as opposed to separating them, mm-hmm. which is... I mean, who's to say which is better? But I think that that's an interesting distinction. If I were to think about where Amazon is, one area, because I certainly would not say this is the only area, uh, I would I would look at logistics, and because you know, starting in the, the they started in the book world, but the thing that they have done so well is logistics, getting mm. things to people in a really yeah. efficient way. Yeah. So, so what might that extend to? I don't know, an airline, like better, like a better airline, like get me from, from A to B in a better, faster way. Yeah. No, uh, that's, yeah. Cars, you know, they could get in the driverless cars or in the transportation um, business. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I look at the rise of these bird scooters and I think, okay, what's Amazon's answer to that? You know? <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's a really, really good observation. And, you know, just if you think about, and, and I think most people who live in at least metropolitan areas can probably relate because they've seen it firsthand, you know, instead of, you know, we still have the UPS truck that rolls by at 4 PM every day or whenever it shows up. Yep. But for the most part, Amazon package delivery happens you know, within the window of 7 a.m. to 9 or 10 p.m. And mm-hmm. it's not a truck. It's a person in a Prius or some other random vehicle. And yeah. they have a bag in the back seat. It's almost like Santa Claus. <laughs> they have like a yellow mesh Amazon bag and it's full of packages. And somehow they're running around delivering things. And it's just a super interesting hack on 
um, on delivery. You know, and we see the headlines like Trump complaining about Amazon killing the postal service, which may or may not have have any truth to it. But they are reinventing how we receive things that we purchase. And if you look at startups that involve any kind of logistical delivery to consumers, the delivery portion is the, I think, frequently the hardest problem to solve and the yeah. most expensive The last part. Mile. Yeah. Yeah. And so if Amazon says, I'm, we're going to be, we're just going to partner with all of these startups that are doing great stuff, whether they're delivering food or mm-hmm. packages or whatever it is, we can be that, that logistical partner. Oh, so and, you're, you're thinking employing the AWS model onto delivery and logistics. Yeah, I think so. And that's how they take over the world. <laughs> I mean, I will tell you this. It's rare that you talk to anyone in the startup world in seemingly any division or vertical where they don't have a conversation about the Amazon threat. Yeah. I mean, yeah. everyone, everyone is constantly saying, well, Amazon could do this. Amazon could do this better. Amazon could also acquire us or they could just do this and do it better. And Mm -hmm. that is, they are now the threat to seemingly every startup. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the question, you know, are they the threat or do they become basically the operating system? Right. They can be the partners. And, And what does that mean for the larger economy? Because at some point they do get too big, but because they're so diversified, it's not like you can go in like a bell telephone and just break them up regionally. Like the world doesn't mm-hmm. work that way anymore. So yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting problem. Well, we want to hear what you think. So please find us online or send us a message uh, on whatever platform it is that you're listening to and tell us what you think about Amazon seemingly taking over the world uh, with Jeff Bezos and where you think it's all headed. Is your company innovative? I mean, actually innovative. A foosball table alone doesn't cut it. Not sure? Head over to hvck.co and take our innovation quiz. We'll send you a personal response and tell you where your company is killing it and where it's struggling. And if you're listening to this podcast, you might also like one of our online courses. Check out our courses on enterprise entrepreneurship, on how to win a hackathon, or on how to apply startup principles to the way you live and work, all at hvck.co. Now we're going to transition into our favorite segment, which is what's exciting us in the world of technology and innovation. <laughs> okay. Well, and, for me, it's, um, yeah. it's actually, it, I have an Amazon tie-in. So um, for a project I've been working on, I've been looking into what is termed as natural language processing, which basically, mm-hmm. you know, if you, if you do any kind of work where you're spitting out a lot of data, whether that's writing or note-taking or having phone calls or interactions with with customers and like a customer service center, you're generating just reams and reams of data, whether that's paper notes or digital notes or audio or video. And there's there's this entire industry that's being built around this. It's commonly referred to as like business intelligence or um, or you know, data mining and, and things like that. Right. But it's it's really fascinating. So Amazon actually has this tool called Amazon Comprehend, which you can basically feed any of those types of things. 
and it will start to detect patterns in word usage and search terms and it will surface that for you in a number of ways so basically you can take like let's say you know Anna you're a writer and yep. you've been you know cataloging websites and blogs and articles and you've been taking your own notes and doing your own writing and you have all of these in a folder it can basically start to put together some of those key insights on your behalf while you're continuing to do that research work and it, and the really interesting thing is it gets smarter over time so as you kind of give it feedback and tell it what's useful and what's not it gets smarter and learns what you're really after so it's just it's a fast i'm just scratching the surface um but it's, it's a really interesting really interesting. yeah i think uh i know it's something that companies like ibm have long been really mm -hmm. interested in mm -hmm. and i'm assuming that the military is probably very interested in it and you know i there are a, a lot of different industries that have uh been investing in natu natural language processing and it's it's been both advanced and in its infancy for a long time so i think yeah. it would be exciting yeah. to see how it how it evolves uh so what's really um exciting me is 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 a far uh, less techie thing um <laughs> it is so you may be familiar with next door uh dan are you on next door i am aware of it <laughs> okay so next door is like your virtual neighborhood watch right it's like right. a neighborhoody version of craigslist so mm -hmm. where it's kind of a message board and you have to prove that you live in that neighborhood to be able to join it which is part of what kind of makes yeah. sure it has a local flavor in mm -hmm. uh each of them and so i have used next door over the last several years uh to find places to live uh, to find uh, someone like a new cleaning person to you name it. Um, it's been a really useful tool for me. But then I recently discovered what, uh, the Twitter account, which is called Best of Next Door. Uh, and these are a hundred percent real, and they're they're from they're taken from next door communities all across the country so for instance here's just a sampling of the last oh, few days, a couple <laughs> of my favorite ones so one person posted and these are real <laughs> someone posted would my dog protect me and my kids question mark exclamation point question mark exclamation point and they said i'm looking for someone willing to put themselves between my dog and myself my dog and my children to see if he would protect or run anyone interested in donating to the cause <laughs> donating their arm or <laughs> yeah basically would someone donate their body between this person and their family and um their 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 vicious dog so you know that was that was a real thing that someone posted and then there was another one uh from i think a day ago that the headline was help is anyone feeling generous enough to co-sign on an auto loan for me <laughs> you know and and someone replied to that with well you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take you gotta appreciate that <laughs> for just putting it out there yeah, so yeah. I, I will not read the rest of it to you but i highly recommend that you follow them or you know if you're not on twitter take a take a peek at it it will definitely brighten your day um <laughs> it's kind of like the onion only real only real life irl <laughs> yes <laughs>
<laughs> so that is what's interesting us this week. Uh, tune in again next week for more. And please send us any suggestions on things we should either be thinking about or talking about. Uh, until then, I will see you later. <laughs>